1: Today on the Zabecast, the NFL's heading for a full blown officiating meltdown this fall, but do they even realize it? Kylie Jenner, billionaire, LeBron's botched pizza party, Pac Man Jones, cave movies, and Mr. X. All that plus an armless man goes stabby, stabby. You got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Thursday, July twelfth, twenty eighteen. Thank you for the download. A wonder of spoken word entertainment awaits. Shall we begin? Good. Let's start with this. Kevin Seifert writing for the ESPN.com talks about what is iceberg straight ahead for the National Football League. He says, a new anxiety is filtering through the NFL's officiating ranks. The first training camp opens in 10 days. Preseason games are less than a month away. And there has been an unprecedented number of turnovers amongst the refereeing ranks, including two of them out of thin blue air last month. And because of late approval from owners, this is amazing. Because of late approval from owners, hardly any of the league's 121 officials have been briefed in detail on a series of rule changes that will require fundamental changes in the way they administer games. Wow. That confluence will make for a hectic three days this weekend in Dallas where Senior VP of Officiating Alberto Riveron will lead the league's annual officiating clinic. Some of the apprehension will be soothed there, but informed observers worry that the NFL is simply asking too much of the department given the circumstances. In short, the NFL will navigate the biggest collection of rule changes in recent memory this year with one of its least experienced groups of officials ever. That, my friends, is peak NFL under Roger Stoko Goodell. Yeah, see, let's uh, usher in a bunch of new rule changes, a very nebulous definition. And let's do that at the last minute without very much vote or vetting or experimentation. And let's turn over, oh, at least four of our best referees. Who's up for that? Oh, let's do it. What could possibly go wrong? Terry McCauley, who is now headed to the ESPN booth, or excuse me, I think he's going to NBC, These are probably the most significant rule changes I've seen in my career in one season. Four Zebras retired this spring, the most in any single offseason in league history, according to research by Football Zebras. The NFL was expecting two of them. Ed Hockley had talked about it for a while. Jeff Triplett had talked about it. Both spoke privately for months. They were quickly replaced by Sean Hockley, yes, Ed's son, and Alex Kemp also the son of a referee, the legendary Stan Kemp. I have no idea who that is, by the way, but I'm sure he was great. I
0: have no idea who that is.
1: According to sources, though, NBC approached multiple NFL refs about a job in late spring that their executives felt was essential to broadcasting football games. A rules expert. Cleet Blakeman turned down an offer, but McCauley, 58, gladly accepted CBS had reached a similar conclusion. Well, we can't be without one of these guys. Within days, it hired one Gene Sterator. And that was a dagger because along with Hockley, I was a Sterator and Hockley man. Suddenly, two of the NFL's most respected referees were gone in McCauley and Steratore. The NFL scrambled to promote Sean Smith and Clay Martin as replacements, both of whom entered the NFL in 2015. Are you
0: kidding?
1: They didn't make the league as refs, but three years ago, and now they're going to be crew chiefs. Wow. There is no evidence to suggest, right, Seifert, that either was upset or otherwise fleeing an untenable situation in the retirements of McCauley or Sterator. If anything, McCauley said it was a perfect storm. He said he had a minimum of five years left in the NFL, had done it for 20 said that the job on TV was a good one and that someone was going to do it if it wasn't him and that if whoever does it, if they're good, they'd have it for 10 years. And then the opportunity's gone. CBS declined a request to interview Steratore, which is weird because I heard me and Gene do a couple interviews right after he was announced, but I guess uh, they've now put him under wraps. The NFL can take part of the blame for the departures, having created a set of rules that can no longer be navigated by non-experts in real time. That is the best sentence to describe all of this in a nutshell. The NFL has created a set of rules that can no longer be navigated by non-experts in real time. Each network that broadcasts NFL games now has at least one former ref or league executive on staff. Said Fred Gaudelli, who produces Monday Night Football, this is my 29th year doing NFL games. The rules seem to get more complicated and more nuanced every single year. He does Sunday night, not Monday. I apologize. It was getting to the point, said Gaudelli, where it was unrealistic to think that Al and Chris could really understand every nuance and every aspect of the game from a rule standpoint. Wow. That job isn't likely to get easier in the coming years, right, Seifert? Four current referees are in their mid-60s. Walt Coleman and his bent needle. Walt Anderson, Tony correnti and Pete Morelli. Since 2014, the NFL has replaced eight referees. Assuming at least four more retire in the next two years, the NFL will have turned over 70% of its refs in a seven-year period. Buckle up. Is all I can say. Kylie Jenner is scheduled to become the youngest self-made billionaire in history. Kylie Jenner, I think, just turned 21 years old. Uh, she is, she's the Jenner you never really see or hear from. At least, well, I don't, I don't watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians or Kuwok K U W K. Such a bad acronym. Uh, She's uh, the youngest self-made billionaire ever. That includes men. I I would assume it includes also tech entrepreneurs. She did just turn 21. And she is only the half-sister of one Kim Kardashian West, who is also on the list for the first time uh, with her net worth. I don't know how they did this. And you know what? The Kardashians in general are a bunch of, you know, VD-invested whores. VD-infiltrated, VD-not invested, a bunch of chlamydia-infested fame whores. But you know what? They're really good at making money. Think about this. They have no talent. Any of them. None of them can sing. None of them can dance. None of them can act. But they pretty, and they know how to be famous like nobody's business. Absolutely amazing. Kind of warms my heart in a way. God bless America, right? And it all started with a sex tape. Kim K and Ray J banging in a room with a camcorder set up on a nightstand. That's where it all started. Nobody knew who Kim Kardashian was at the time. Because she wasn't anybody. She isn't anybody. She's just famous. And that spawned the entire Kardashian armada of money-making pirate ships that are just made out of solid gold. Kudos to young Kylie. She's very pretty. She has duck lips that are, I'm sure, full of collagen. Those big, beautiful, olive-brown eyes that the Kardashian family has. Kardashian slash Jenner. And, uh, is, you know, she's got a wonderful 21-year-old body that she knows how to shake it to make it. So this was the dumbest five minutes I spent on Wednesday morning. I actually listened to an argument between Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp about whether or not LeBron James owed it to his fans in L.A. to attend a pizza party that he hinted on Twitter he might end up going to. Yes, they spent five minutes on that, on undisputed. Skip, of course, was very hard anti-LeBron. This is wrong to do. How dare he tweet photos of himself sitting in a pool on an inflatable pink flamingo when the rest of his fans waiting for a glimpse of the king in LA were standing in line in 106 degree temps to possibly see him. They're also standing in line for a free pizza or a free slice of pizza or while supplies last. Who knows what? But still, that was an actual argument. I think think Shannon Sharp, this is going to shock some people, took the other position and said, no, no, it was actually just fine. And I believe Shannon Sharp took the other position very loudly and confidently, to which I don't think he wavered from it, as a matter of fact. I think he seemed to be proud of that contrary opinion. So that went back and forth for about five minutes, and I could just feel my IQ draining out my ears as I watched it. You know, I love good Cinderella moments. And I love when this little inside the locker room look is uh, given to us. Uh, Jesus Aguilar has made the all-star team. Huzzah, huzzah for that. A lot of good candidates to be the last vote-in guy by the fans, but Aguilar Aguilar is a great story, given the fact that he was pretty much a waiver-wire pickup a year ago. Now he's leading the bigs in home runs and is going to the all-star game. Here was the scene in the locker room as Skipper Craig Council announced the news. Um,
0: I think the fans in Wisconsin played a huge part in it. Brewer fans across the country played a part in it. See you right, you are going to the Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> There,
1: uh, I, it, I, I I'm just want to say thank you to everybody for that support. am going there. I'm going there. <laughs> I'm going there. i i am going there. I'm going there. I'm going there. That's uh, good shit. Grown-ass men playing a kid's game. Got to be very happy for them. So they're already swarming to make the Thailand soccer team cave movie, according to stories. Producers and Hollywood types crawling all over th- th- Thailand to try to figure out, okay, uh, what we you know, what can we do? How can we film it? We all said, when this thing came out, this is going to be a movie. This is insane. This is crazy. And as I thought about it, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not sure. Like, what would you, how would you make the movie? It's like, okay, what's the plot? Kids, 12 year olds on a soccer team go for a hike after practice. They go way, way into a cave. It starts flooding. They get stuck. They're missing for two weeks. Then they're found. Then they're rescued. One guy died, which was unfortunate. But other than that. That's pretty much it. It wasn't the several months that some of the miners that were stuck at the bottom of the uh, mine in, uh, not Colombia, but uh, whatever country that was. This is like two weeks. What's the complication? you got to have a twist in there. Now, maybe if, you know, inside that little beach area in the, one of the big cave openings, the, the boys decide to play a pickup game of soccer with a balled-up, piece of tape and and yarn and something and 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 they start playing and then they realize once they start playing that uh, there's a way out of the cave and they try to get out through some i don't know you gotta have some complication to this otherwise it's not much of a movie it's like they go in they get trapped they get lost they get found they get rescued that's that movie yay And before we get to Mr. X, I cannot believe I'm even saying this, but I feel sorta bad for Pac Man Jones. Did you see the video of him getting assaulted in an airport in in Atlanta's Hartsfield airport? You know, Pac Man Jones, he does a lot of bad shit, no question about it. He causes his own trouble. No question. But trouble finds him, too. And I don't know how this came about, but basically it was caught on cell phone video, vertical, of course. A a worker uh, just decides to start running his mouth on Pac-Man as he's walking away, walking down the concourse, just trying to get from one part of god-awful Hartsfield Airport to another, from one gate to another. Guy won't leave him alone. Uh, The woman companion he's traveling with tries to intervene to calm him down. Words are exchanged. Next thing you know... There's a fight. And one of the and the guy that attacked him was a was a worker at the airport wearing an orange safety vest. And he's like, Okay, I'm gonna take on Pac Man Jones right now. You can only wonder what was said. You can only wonder, you know, uh, was this worker running his mouth like, you bitch, man? How come you're not on a team right now, bitch? Your career's over, bitch. And Pac Man's like, Man, I ain't do I ain't dealing with this right now. I got too many eyes on me. You know I'm a marked man. I want to stay in the league one more year but I am not getting into this. And the guy just wouldn't shut up. I guess. Maybe. Possibly. Who knows? All right, Time to talk to our gambling de-gentleman, Mr. X, who is a huge fan of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game which comes to our fair city next Tuesday. (laughs) the one the only the incomparable mr. x how we doing brother i'm good how about yourself i'm doing good you ready for the all-star game this coming weekend at good old nationals park
0: i think it's next week but yes i'm ready i'm loving it man i am a all-star game junkie
1: no it's not next week it's this weekend It's a
0: Tuesday game, my
1: friend. Well, okay, next week. But I mean, (laughs) okay, isn't the celebrity game the celebrity softball game Sunday?
0: Yeah, sorry, slipped my mouth.
1: Hey, well, (laughs) that's when the festivities begin. They shut down baseball after Friday's games, right?
0: No, they play Saturday, Sunday.
1: Oh, they do, and then they play. Okay, yeah, they play Saturday, yeah, yeah. Sunday, and then they have the celebrity goofball game. Uh, John All Wall right. is going to be in the celebrity game. John oh Wall my cannot. God,
0: I hope he's not pitching. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Ugh.
1: He can't throw the ball to home plate like a lot of athletes in other Ugh. sports can't throw a ball. What, what do you make of that? That these otherwise apex predator athletes cannot. Fucking throw a ball to save the life. I have
0: no idea. I have not seen the celebrity rosters. I've been looking for it. But the one thing my boys and I said was, we know who won't be playing, and that's John Wall. I guess we missed that. Yeah,
1: no, you did wow. miss that one. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, I, I've seen some names I care if, dribble I don't care out.
0: if you're an athlete or not. You've got to stand in your front yard someday and throw the ball with your kid, and you can't John Wall it like that. That's just... That's embarrassing.
1: It is uh, it is weird, you know, for guys that have athletic ability. I guess it's because in the age of specialization, John Wall started making, you know, jump shot motions from the time he was a little kid and never played baseball at all.
0: What? Well, clearly, but I'm sorry. You gotta be able to do more than that. You don't well, have to be a pro athlete to throw a baseball. Every eight-year-old kid can throw a baseball.
1: Well, if nothing else, throw 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 a uh, throw a you know like throw an orange at your buddy at the bus stop. Like you gotta yeah. learn the basic motion of just horsing of around. Here's how to throw something.
0: Hey, I don't want to waste your time, but tell me. Is, um, we got all
1: the time in the world. It's a podcast. we go an hour and a half it. if needed.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen the rosters, but my, my kids are all hoping their favorite athlete is playing again. Jenny it's, Finch? Um, no, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> is were they, Joey here?
1: Were they hunkered down? I don't know if he plays in that thing.
0: He did last year.
1: Oh, he did? Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They did some stupid hot dog eating contest between innings or just like had one or something. but. He's, he's the surest bet there is in, in gambling.
1: Uh, by the way, how do you like the fact that uh, the Legends team, Ricky Henderson, always leads off, always ah. hits a home run, and always pimp walks it around the bases as if and, he was still playing?
0: And that surprises you how?
1: It doesn't surprise me. No, I just sort of like it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you had last year Jamie Fox. That's an A-lister right there. Oh, the always lovely Jenny Finch. Uh, the equally lovely Jessica Mendoza.
0: No, she's great. She can play. Yes. I'll, I'll watch her play.
1: You watch her play. How do you like her announcing?
0: I think she's excellent. You do? Okay. I, I, and I, I can think of two women announcers that I really like. Right. Her and Sage Steele. That's it.
1: Interesting.
0: And I... I think she's I think she's got insight and uh, she's not annoying to listen to no Doris Burke stuff you know what she's um,
1: she is no worse than many male broadcasters no. who don't say anything of note and she brings it in a very cheerful easy to look at
0: package she's good she's excellent she's excellent she's way better than a rod no I think she's great
1: uh Jen Carlos I think she's Jen Carlos Canella played last year I have no idea I have no idea who that is who that is miles teller was in last Got year's me. game he's in like some of those bank robber movies uh andre dawson uh, was he's in always in it. it
0: yeah yeah michael Kut- I just, all michael I kudlitz
1: is- do you know who michael fucking kudlitz is
0: wouldn't know him if he was in the room with me
1: <laughs> exactly justin hartley david sparks aka
0: heavy d don't know don't know I want to know this year, not last year. My, I'm hoping that it's Ovechkin and he just carries the cup all the way around the bases because I don't think he's put it down yet, has he? <laughs> no, I don't. It's got to be so. Ovi. What other Actually, celebrities do we have in D.C.? We don't have anybody. There's no, no. ex baseball no, you, players. You,
1: you, know, you know why? Because we're a political town. And well, you know what I mean, they we say? We don't
0: have enough baseball tradition yet to have anybody. Frank Howard's too old.
1: You know what they <laughs> say about politics, Mr. X? They say it is Hollywood for the ugly. That, that politics and politicians, they become, you know, big time. They're big shots because they're, you know, they're a senator or whatever. They've been around Washington forever. They're well known. Even though half the people hate their guts, it's like being a celebrity in Hollywood only for the ugly and the old and the lame and the stupid.
0: Well, it's a long darn day because they do the minor league baseball game. That's got to be three hours, then a quick break, and then the celebrity game. It's got to be a six- or seven-hour day before they edit it out. Luckily, I'm in the all-you-can-drink seat, so it'll be okay.
1: Okay. All right. I just Google searched the 2018 Celebrity Game, and uh, it does not come up right now. So tight wraps this is. Tight wraps. Okay. So other than that, you're excited for the All-Star Game because you're a baseball fan, and this this is a great event still, right? Hello, Mr.
0: X. Zave, I'm lo- I'm losing you. I think it's your phone. I can't hear you.
1: Bullshit! I'm sitting here at my desk. I got three bars. I'm not moving. It can't be my phone. Okay, you're back. All right, and we're back. The All Star Game. Sorry, you're still a big fan. You're looking forward to it. But give me the good, the bad, the ugly of the All Star Game.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the All Star Game. I admit, I'm in the tank for it. It's 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 going downhill. But the re- you know, simple reason, it's always by far the best All Star Game in sports. Is <laughs> it's a a team game played by individuals. When Scherzer is facing Aaron Judge, it's a, it's game it's on. on. It's not, best. Right? Best, on best on best, on no best
1: on best on best on best. No
0: blocking. Yeah. There's no teamwork. It's you and I could be in the outfield, and if he strikes him out, he strikes him out. It's it's a game that all stars can play it's the only game where the all-star team can beat the world series champion. You know I mean? It's, it, it, it's not a teamwork game. Yeah. I don't want to hear about turning a double play. Who cares? The bottom line is it's an individual game with the best players. It makes it so much more fun until they started screwing it up the last few years. But um, it's, <laughs> right. I it's still, it's still, I've always enjoyed watching. I think I've missed one since 66.
1: Wow. So missed seeing it on TV.
0: Yes, right. Right. I've never never been been in person until this year.
1: Okay, so this is going to bust your cherry. I think what it goes back to, Mr. X, it goes back to how, as a kid, you're like, holy shit, imagine a single team with, and then you start saying, Reggie Jackson. And, well, I'm I'm grasping for other players of that era. I can't think real straight right now. But (laughs) you get to see them all on one field in one lineup, at a time, and it's an awesome kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, it's always been fun. but What's ruined it most um, is just making no adjustment for – the one um, player per team. This thirty-two man roster for one game. Is oh, just you don't like the
1: participation trophy? No,
0: huh? I. It's, uh, you cannot play thirty players, thirty-two players in a game. It used to be 24-25, and you had to do everything to get them in. This, stop representing every team.
1: Okay, well, but just, in fairness, mm-hmm. you pointed this out. Look how shitty so many teams are right now. The yeah, tanking so don't in major league. What's that?
0: Yeah, so don't have, They don't get a rep.
1: Well then you've only got half the league represented, man.
0: I don't care. It's an all-star <laughs> game. This isn't a special Olympics, it's an all-star game. It's
1: not a little league game where everyone has to play what, right. two innings, I believe it was. Yeah. Two innings?
0: Yeah, no. It's I, I would like to see the best players play. It's not just being represented. It's this two innings, one at bat thing—it's crazy. Yeah. You know, you, you can't get on. You, nobody gets any at bats, and what, what good is it to vote in? Uh, you know, your, the favorite players, and then watch them lead by the second or third inning because you got to go three deep at every position. It doesn't make any sense. I okay. don't mind the pitchers all throwing an inning, but the position players—that it, 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 there's just so many guys, it's just no fun.
1: Yeah. How about the fact that you know baseball always has to rope in a corporate? partner because it's a big marketing opportunity. So Camping World is now the corporate partner. They want to satisfy the fans. They want an internet component now to this where you can vote online. They still want to try to identify who are the best players at least for the first half of one year. So you get all these competing interests. It's kind of hard to make a decent team out of that.
0: It's terrible. And I'll tell you something else that the biggest misnomer I, I mean you you read this article every year for 30 40 years they talk about the fans versus um you know the just picking the best people and it's not that's short-sighted it's not about the fans getting a say it's about when you get the say right when you have to vote on may 1st and you have to pick you know the hot young rookie versus the slow starting veteran you know, you're not going to necessarily
1: be right. Months, come July, May first is two months before right. the game. Oh, by the way, do you right. know? Do you know how the players vote in this? By no, snail mail, the players <laughs> were complaining this year. They're like, "Do you guys know that we have to mail our ballots in?" <laughs> Major League Baseball how is many so many of them
0: even. How many of them even know how to put a stamp
1: on I, it? I, I don't know. I'm sure some clubby or some team rep puts a stamp on it, but literally they don't have a secure server that allows for the players to vote. They have to, you know, tick them off yeah. on a piece of paper and then and like send it in.
0: Ridiculous. Yeah, but every year, every year you have your vet, like let's say a Harper or somebody who's off to a slow start. And if you don't vote him in, by the time the game comes around, he's having a you know an all star MVP year, and you're like, "Well, oh, gee, why did I go by April stats?" But if you vote him in, then they continue to slump, and you say, "Why didn't you pick this guy?" So what I'm saying is, it's not, you know, if you let me vote, I'll do fine. You let me vote May first, right. I, I can't get it right. That's really the problem. Opening that box up, you know. So, so what? Early.
1: What would you change to make the all star game better?
0: Wow, a couple of things. You mean voting or the game itself?
1: Whole game. You're you're the well, czar. All, you are the all star yeah. czar, Mister X. Go ahead, start fixing some right. stuff.
0: First of all, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do the voting. I, I would. Uh, I don't care if the players vote or something, but I would who wait votes? until July to to pick it. Well, but who as votes? far as the game, you say um, you
1: wouldn't do the voting. Well, who picks the teams?
0: I don't care. Let the players vote. Let the coaches vote. I don't care. Let, 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 the, let somebody in the game Wait a minute. You
1: gotta, somebody has to vote. You can't just say, oh, okay, nah, don't the, do the fan the voting man. and then have no solution for it. Come on now.
0: Well, no, I, I don't care if the fans vote them in. But as far as the whole bench, I guess what I would change mostly is I would reduce the rosters. You need like 11, 12 pitchers. Sure. Uh, 15, 16 players. Well, well, they used to
1: have smaller rosters, but guys were leaving. Barry Bonds was on a jet plane to go to the ESPYs in Milwaukee that one (laughs) year, and they ran out of players. So unless you lock all the players in the building, you're never going to go back to the smaller rosters.
0: When we start basing rules on Barry Bonds, we're going the wrong way. But okay, so for example, (laughs) the other rule I would do, and this is easy to implement. It's just like high school ball or little league ball. Starters can re-enter the game at their same position in the batting order. What? And that, yes. So I play the first three innings, and in third. You come in for me, play a few innings. I can come back in the game, just like in high school and little league and every other. Yeah, but level not in the major
1: forward. leagues, though. So now you're you're no, taking no. you're taking a game that you just praised as being a real game and turning it into a farce. According, well,
0: no, but the, that way it's not a farce. I just I want okay. I want. Um, I want the best players, you know, they want it. The point is get the guys and the subs in the game and they, they always hold them back. They're afraid there's an injury. If somebody gets hurt or you want to, a- Bring the starter back in. It's not a big deal. You do it in high school. You can do it in pros. It's not a big deal. Let let you know. Let the, the um let Harper play the first three, then get the other guy in the game, and then get Harper back in for the ninth inning pitch. Hint. That would be fun. I didn't know Instead, that. that I didn't know that's how it was uh,
1: in high school and little league that you come in and out like a doggy
0: yeah. door. Yeah, huh. but then you take in, uh you know you get to see. I, it gets to the point where you know after about the fifth inning, you, you know there's not a starter in. I don't know. I don't like that. I like to see them re-enter, and I say, uh, you know, stop worrying about the pitchers. If you go extra innings, you can each extra inning you go, you can bring a guy back in. You know, stop. There's too much worrying about injuries, and just let let the starters okay. come back in if you want to. But mostly it's driven by cut the roster to about 25. And uh, then you'll have a better game. You, you, you can't even keep up with who's in the game. They're running in and out like it's a hockey game <laughs> you know, on the fly.
1: They're jumping over the boards.
0: Yeah. Get me in
1: there. Okay. Like it's yeah. a, it's a two, one count. Okay. We got a new batter right now. What mid count. Yeah. Get in there. See what you can do.
0: Yeah. And then they start, they start. And once you get to about the seventh inning, they start throwing two or three pitchers per inning. Oh my gosh. It's just too many guys. Cause no manager wants to leave a guy on the bench. But you can't get 32 in nine yeah. innings. It just doesn't work. All
1: right. Did you see this story of uh, Terry Francona for the Indians blowing his communication on who he wanted to come out of the bullpen as the Indians collapsed and lost a 7 nothing lead? Uh, or, so, excuse me. They Save, lost... I'm
0: sorry, I lost you again. I don't know.
1: That's okay. It, it might be me here. Terry Francona, can you hear me right now? Yeah, got you. Okay. Terry Francona. Had an epic bullpen screw-up on Tuesday night. After Trevor Bauer dominated the Reds, 12-strike gets over eight scoreless. Uh, he ends up coming out, and Francona then signals for a lefty. He said OP, Oliver Perez. It was misunderstood as OT, which is Otero, Dan Otero. And so Otero comes in. Next thing you know, uh, this 4-0 uh, lead is collapsing. They end up losing 7-4. to four. Pretty damn hilarious, isn't it?
0: Give me yeah, OP. It, it Was that OP or OT? Time to just uh, come up with something that works. It's just There's a million ways to solve that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, How about using the phone, right? Isn't that what the bullpen phone is for? Uh, let's talk about the shift for a second. Did you read the, oh. you read the story in, in ESPN.com where they interviewed three prominent hitters, lefty hitters, about the shift and why it's no. not as easy to go to the opposite field? as some people are saying.
0: That's garbage. You're a baseball player. Hit to all fields.
1: Okay. All right. I would like you to read the article and then get back to me on this next week. But basically, (laughs) Murphy for the Nats said, look, I can't hit it on command exactly where I want. Secondly, he said, to get a run, you need three singles. It's hard to get three hits in an inning. It makes no sense if I hit a single on a weak ground ball to short, which I've trained my whole life to not do, then I'm asking my team to get two more of those. It doesn't make sense. Your thoughts?
0: I think that's garbage. We were talking about that at the Sox Nationals game this week. First and foremost, I understand you can't hit a target. You, you should try to drive a baseball. But the point is, these shifts are so pronounced. When I see that third baseman playing out in shortstop and giving you a third of the field, no pro should have a problem slapping a ground ball the other way.
1: Yeah, but the pitchers are pitching you in on the on the knuckles. Uh, They're not giving you, know you a softy on the outside I'm, black, Mister X. Uh,
0: <laughs> I understand it's not you can't do it on every single pitch, but I would look for something that I could take that way. And the point is this, what happens is you try to just say, slap the ball the other way. I'm not talking about drive it for a a opposite field, you know, double. I'm saying, just slap it the other way. And guess what? Oh my God. It only worked one out of three times. And now you wasted two at bats and you're hitting 333.
1: Okay. But (laughs) all right. I'm glad you said that? that Kyle Seeger of the Mariners said, look, If I sold out one night and tried to do it four times in my four at-bats, I might go two out of four with two singles. What's wrong with that? What's (laughs) wrong with it, he says? He says because I'm two for four with two singles. If I just play my game, I might go two for four with a double and a home run.
0: How many games does a 300-hitter go two for four? Not very many. Geez, I thought there the was
1: math. a... Uh, no, no I can't, don't tell me to do the math. <laughs> That's sort of like building you're a monkey exactly to build right. a rocket they, ship.
0: They don't like to go two for four and feel like they wasted two at-bats. They might have had a big hit. But you know, I mean, if you, you hit got, 300, you're in the Hall of Fame.
1: One of the things that was <laughs> mentioned in this article, and this is from the commission himself, Manfred, uh, the, he said what everyone thought would happen with these extreme shifts is that Uh, guys would adjust, they'd hit it the other way. Instead, he said, what they're doing is they're hitting it over the shift. In other words, they've adjusted their swings to try to get more barrels and hit more line drives and home runs. And that's how they're playing it. And so, fine. So we've got more of the three true outcomes in every game than ever before. More strikeouts, more homers. Games are taken longer, and there's fewer balls in play. If you're fine well, with that as baseball, then you're fine with that. If you're not fine with it, then we've got a problem.
0: I guess. I guess. Let me go back to a very simple sports concept. Okay. Um, what does Herm Edwards say? You play, play to win to the, the game. game. I know. Okay. If I want to win the game and you're going to give me that much of the field where I can slap the ball, first of all, when you're a seager and you can only do it two out of four times, after three three games, you're a 500 hitter failing to slap it the other way half the time. Guess what? You're an all-star. 500 is great. And then what comes next? They stop the pronounced shift and you can do what you want to do win the game slap the ball okay. it's just not that hard the, the biggest thing i'm sorry i've beaten this up but the point is it's baseball you're not suppo- it's not like shooting free throws you're not supposed to hit 85 <laughs> percent you just gotta slap the ball the other way
1: but here's you're, a, you're, okay here's one last counter argument to what you're saying what if teams just have run the numbers and say it's not worth doing that it's worth it to try to hit a double in a home run. Much like the Houston Rockets, Mr. X said, it's not worth it to post up and go for an easy two. Let's shoot threes. The numbers will bear us out in the end.
0: Hey, I, I, I I'm a you know I'm a big numbers guy, and I hear you. The numbers drive everything. There's no way that anyone can convince me that you can't bat 400 slapping a ball the other way, and you give me a team of 400 hitters, I don't need to tell you where we'll end up.
1: Nah, We're gonna you win. Not. You
0: and I but, are old lo- enough. You and it I are old enough. Down to, right. You yeah, and I are old enough. Down to these guys just won't. They're, they're, you don't get a big contract. What is it? Um, Greg Maddux says, right? Chicks dig the long ball. Yeah, I mean, it's all yeah, about yeah. just hitting homers and striking out. If you hmm. want to win a game, slap it.
1: Yeah. Uh, The other thing, too, is that you and I are old enough to have seen in a number of sports new revolutionary strategies and eventually the other side catches up, that there is always a countermeasure, whether it's the zone read in RG3 or the run and shoot offense that was in the NFL for a while. There are always countermeasures that will be cooked up. Teams will not sit idly by.
0: That's for sure. I just don't think you need to change rules. I think you need to play the game. To me, it's kind of like the free throw thing. If you can't shoot free throws in the NBA, you know what? You're a liability. If you okay. can't hit the ball the other way, you know what? They're, they're going to they're gonna drop your bat and average by shifting on you. you got to play the game. All
1: right. Here is a principal question I'm going to run by you. Some Oriole fans are aghast that the team is actually talking to division rivals, the Red Sox and Yankees in a trade situation. Do you believe that it is forbidden to help out one of your so-called rivals, even if they have the best and most attractive package for your superstar shortstop? I'll hang up and listen offline.
0: <laughs> no, you, you're supposed you play to win the game. So get no, the I best mean, deal if, possible. Get the best deal. Get now. If you want to talk about, you know, this is not like other sports where you're trading somebody and he's going to compete against you for the next five years. We're talking about trading a guy in July who's a free agent this off season. Who cares? Get the if you you're going to want to keep winning fifty games, then fine you want to try to rebuild your franchise, how do you turn down the best offer you can get? You have to. It's not like you're going to, you know what? (laughs) Come November, he can go to those two teams anyway. You're only talking about, you know, two months.
1: You're right. All right. Uh, Betting baseball, aside from betting Mm -hmm. season totals, which you're, of course, infamous for, betting regular season baseball games. What are your thoughts on that? Is it a smart idea, bad idea? What's the trick?
0: Um... I always enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I always did well. Um, I just I think it's not popular because dare I say the word lock, You never no baseball game is a, is a really luck. I mean the best teams win sixty percent of their games, so you you're gonna lose a lot of games. I mean you don't. I mean all sports you can, but you're gonna lose a lot. So I've always said baseball is. For betting regular season. Baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. You're not gonna sit there and go, Oh, the Redskins are gonna smoke the Eagles this week and go big. It does, there's no go big. It doesn't happen in baseball. But what I always did back in the day in theory, what I always did was I would just every game that I felt like I didn't know who was gonna win on a given day, it's a toss up. Yeah. If there was a, a significant dog of any sort, like plus 125, 130, I just bet every dog bond. Okay. And you go, and you win 50% of those toss up games. And it's, that's why I say it's a marathon. You win one, lose one, win one, lose one. But if you're always betting the dogs, you come out ahead over right. the long run. But you never go, oh, I'm going big on this, like you might in football or something. Right. No chance. They're right. all the same. So it takes all season to really build up a nest egg. What is
1: your worst loss ever in baseball?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, baseball has some really, really bad rules. Um, The one rule I never knew back in the early 90s, late late September, I had bet on a – I mean, I had um, – there was a series where you can pick who wins the three game series. Okay. Oakland was at Tampa Friday or weekend series. It was young Oakland team before um, before Moneyball in okay. the 90s. And I took Oakland to win that series um, significantly because um, it was a series that felt really I liked the matchups. <laughs> they, they win Friday, they win Saturday.
1: That's when a win. win are, Winner, winner, catch it. it's
0: Sunday. Now it's it's September. So what do you do with that win on paper? You roll it into football on Sunday. (laughs) Anyway, Sunday didn't go so well. Next thing I know, I find them in a kind of a large hole, and I couldn't understand why. And then I found out that you have to play all three games. And there was a, wait a minute, it gets worse. There was a There It does get worse. There was a tornado. In Florida, or Hurricane, or one of those things.
1: Yeah, they have hurricanes down there. Tornadoes are in okay. Oklahoma.
0: Glad uh, you're uh, really uh, up on hurricane. your
1: geography and your weather systems, Mr. X, but go ahead.
0: I haven't figured out how to bet geography yet. But anyway, um, <laughs> so they canceled the game in the Dome. Ah! So... 2-0 is, is a no-play. It's a washout.
1: Even though it's a three-game set, you that's bet baseball. it to win the series, and they counted it as a no-play.
0: That's correct, and that's the Vegas rule. And so the point is, my, I always say my worst loss was winning two out of three and losing because <laughs> a game got rained out in a dome.
1: <laughs> that That is a bad one right there. No question. Hey, uh, did you watch the Nats on Facebook on Wednesday?
0: Uh, believe it or not, I think I'm the last guy that doesn't really do Facebook.
1: No, you're not. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't, my friend. How? What do you think, though, of baseball doing this?
0: I, what did they do? I don't know. Me and well, Bill mean, Belichick. I don't do instant face.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, Belichick Jr. Baseball has entered an agreement to keep certain select games for each team this year. And I'm not sure each team, but maybe it's select teams, on Facebook only. Like, literally, there is no television. You have to log on to Facebook. It's free, but you have to log on to do it. People, a lot of people are losing their minds saying baseball yeah, has I... lost their mind. On this.
0: I guess it doesn't bother me a lot in the sense that, um, you know, there's so many places to follow. I mean, good grief. When I grew up, we had a Saturday afternoon game of the week, and that was it. Yeah. So if you if you miss a couple games, it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah, We had Mel it's Allen baseball. with Twib Notes.
0: That's right. Had to see Twib Notes every dun, Saturday.
1: Dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, that's how dun, I kept dun, up on. Dun. And that's yep. uh, Twin Killing, everybody. Twib Notes. He was great. All right. Uh, Would you bet on a Tiger-Phil $10 million match? Because apparently Vegas has now put out odds, even though this golf showdown is not even greenlit yet.
0: Uh, If you tell me the winner, I'll I'll consider it. I don't know the (laughs) winner. If
1: you tell me the winner, I don't know the winner. As you like to say, Mr. Uh, X, it would almost almost be like gambling if you were to bet on it.
0: Almost. And you know, I don't like that. But the other thing is, I was saying this earlier when I heard that you know, the reason these things, I mean, yes, they're going to guarantee everything up front and all that. But these things don't usually work. You know this from goals. When you got 60 guys in a tournament, you can show the last four holes on Sunday. When you get two guys, no matter how good they are, there's a lot of of downtime. Hit the ball, walk, walk, walk,
1: walk, walk, line it up, hit the ball, walk, 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 line it up.
0: Yes, That's true, too. But what I'm thinking is, no matter how even they are, somebody's up five with four to play or four with five to play.
1: Eh, Not necessarily.
0: The odds that it goes to the 18th, I mean, you know, Uh, how many.
1: You know what, though? (laughs) You know know what they're saying? Here's Here's what the rumors are that if they do such a match to prevent that from ending the match early allow presses
0: so That's in other what I was words gonna say. you I allow a you press do down two and press yeah, let's there go, you go. You have, there's a reason if you and i are playing i'm right. pressing every two holes
1: and for those that don't know golf gambling a press is a new bet entirely so if you're down too yes. much to possibly catch up you say press and that means if there's four holes left a new bet is a four hole bet and you can win that one to claw back your money and generally speaking as a golfer if you're leading somebody and they press you and you say no, you're a bitch. That is improper oh. etiquette. You must always allow the guy who's trailing a chance to claw back his money.
0: I didn't know he could deny it. I thought the only one that could deny it is the guy losing if he really knows he's yeah. just had enough.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it depends on the club you play in and you know how strict your, your rules are. But in theory, you could deny it, so whatever. Wow. All right. Miss, right, Mr. X, a pleasure as always. We will be down there on the Team 980 on Monday and Tuesday, broadcasting from somewhere in the Southeast nice. waterfront environs. So please come on by with your Jabberwocky mask to protect your identity and say hello.
0: <laughs> now, do you do the? Do, you're going to do some broadcasts that you won't be attending, will you?
1: No, I mean, maybe I'll get in. I don't know if I have a press pass or not. I don't have tickets or anything. But shoot, I'm down there. Why don't I go to the damn game?
0: Right? Sounds like a plan. It's, uh, it's unique. It's one of the only things I haven't done. Looking forward to
1: it. All right, Mr. X. Good to talk to you, as always.
0: Bye-bye. Take care.
1: All right, we'll end with this tonight. Miami man with no arms, charged with stabbing tourist. What? Man with no arms, charged with stabbing tourist. Well, if you look at the mugshot, you'll say to yourself, "Eh, okay, that looks like a guy who might stab a tourist for no reason without any arms. 46-year-old Jonathan Crenshaw held a pair of scissors with his feet and stabbed 22-year-old Cesar Coronado just after midnight early on Tuesday. The Miami Herald reports that Crenshaw is a popular fixture in the area, known for painting on canvases along a trendy spot in South Beach with his feet. According to the arrest report, Crenshaw says he was lying down when Coronado approached him and punched him in the head. Police then say that Crenshaw jumped up, stabbed Coronado twice, and fled. A friend who was traveling with Coronado said they asked Crenshaw for directions when he suddenly jumped him, and then stabbed Coronado in his arm. He was taken to the hospital. Crenshaw has been charged with aggravated battery. That's a tough one right there. First of all, how do you handcuff a guy with no arms? I guess you cuff his legs? But then how do you get him in the back of the squad car? Do you just pick him up? This is a pretty small guy, by the way. Do you pick him up uh, sort of like a turkey upside down by the legs? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not laughing at a guy with no arms, but he could be a vicious criminal. We don't know. Do you pick him up by the legs and then carry him over upside down to the squad car with his legs cuffed? Or how does that work? I mean, you can't just trust that you're like, all right, you're going in for stabbing a guy. All right, don't make any sharp moves because we'd love to handcuff you, but you already have no arms. That guy's slippery. That guy will slip away, and then next thing you know, he's gone. Of course, he's probably had to deal with con- all kinds of shit his whole life, being born or without any arms. So he had to find a way to defend himself. It's possible that the guy that, you know, allegedly punched him in his head, according to the armless man, was doing it as a drunken prank, like ah, look at that, look at that armless guy there. Go, go fuck him up, man. And then next thing you know, he goes to punch him in the head, and yeah. Imagine your shock, whether you're an innocent passerby or you are indeed fucking with a guy with no arms. To have that guy suddenly jump up, grab a knife with his foot, and skee, go stabby stabby on you. I bet after that you'd be like, hey, that kind of sucks, man. <laughs> Most of the time when we see people who are born without arms or are, or hands or have lost them in some accident, it's an amazing tribute to, wow, look at all the shit they can do with their feet. Their feet are as dexterous as my hands or your hands are. And usually that's out of necessity because, hey, you got to live your life, figure out a way to use your feet. And I guess this guy's a painter who knows what happened hopefully justice is served one way or the other but i'm not going to weigh in on this but i do know it, it it just makes me wonder how was he handcuffed if he was arrested for stabbing a guy with his foot in the arm all right that'll do it for today you know the drill tell two friends hit up your message boards about how wonderful enlightening and invigorating this podcast is leave a positive review And a rating. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, and more. And always remember getting perfectly clear ice cubes for your bourbon, it's almost impossible, but you're going to have to Google that to understand it. I don't have time to explain. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.